welcome you to Parent You. I'm Kami Summers. Um, Jeff is my husband, and we're excited to um, be with you this morning. Parent You is, we want it to be a community, and we want it to be a place where you can come and talk about it. Last week when we were um, doing the communication piece, we one of the things I talked one-on-one with a lot of parents, and I just think we need to acknowledge we're all in this together, and having a safe place to come and talk is really important, and it's a very isolating season. So we want to start off this morning with some discussion questions to get you kind of thinking about communication, your own experience with your parents, and kind of drawing off of that, and then thinking through, um, you know, how that translates into how you're communicating with your teenager. So there's some questions up on the board. We're going to give about, how long, 10 minutes? Five, yeah, 10, 15 minutes for you to talk around your tables um, because one of our goals really is building community. And I don't know about you guys, but it's very easy to come to perimeter and leave perimeter and not really connect in a meaningful way with anyone. And so we want to give time for that kind of connection. So um, talk at your tables, go through some of these questions, get to know each other, and, um, and then Jeff will do some teaching. <laughs> All right. All right, hopefully you guys have had some good time to kind of get your mind back into what it was like for you to be a teen and and, uh, communicate with your own parents. I think that always is helpful for us when we're thinking about how it is that we're doing things. Are we like our parents? Are we opposite from them in the way that we approach our communication styles? Again, my name is Jeff Summers. I'm the the pastor of student families here, and I want to welcome you again to Parent University, and also just point out, you know, you may have a staff member uh, sitting with you. Every every week we'll have different staff kind of rotating around through, and they may sit at your table, and part of that is just so you can get to know different people from Watershed and Jay High uh, that that are ministering, hopefully, to your kids, or that will be ministering to your kids if you have tweens and they're moving up uh, through the ministry. So that's just something that... um, that we do as well to get to know you better and so that you'll know us better as well. So today uh, we're talking about creating an environment of sharing, okay? Creating an environment of sharing and, uh, and what, what does that look like? Let me open in a word of prayer and then we'll just kind of we'll jump in. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, Lord, just the, the, the opportunity to um, come together with, with other parents and, and talk and share Lord, uh, we pray that you would help us to be better communicators, Lord, with, uh, with our own kids and, um, and just help us build community here as well, that this would be a, a place where we can come together uh, and enjoy a sweet fellowship and, and learn together because we're all in this. Uh, we're all in the pit together at times, Lord. So thank you. Uh, we love you. Teach us by your word and your spirit today. In Christ's name, amen. Um, Mark, I'm assuming that wonderful music I'm hearing is coming from the, uh, okay. I was like, wow, that music got really loud all of a sudden. Um, so talking about an environment of sharing, all right, thinking about what does that, what does that look like, and that's kind of what, what our focus is going to be today. You think about different environments that you've been in that really can make a big difference. Like if you're in a library, right, there's a, if I say the word library, you immediately start to think about that environment. Is that an environment for sharing? Uh, no, it's an environment for shh, right? I mean, right away, it's a quiet place. It's a place where you're going to be, find a little cubby somewhere and scroll down with a book, and, and that is what you're going to be doing. And so uh, then 
Contrast that with like the atrium that we built just a little over a year ago. I've heard so many people talk about what an amazing space that is, and it's a great place for sharing, right? It's a great place for community, for meeting up with people, uh, for hanging out. And so we have different environments that are created that we're, that we're used to, that we see all the time. And so the question we want to ask are what are the intentional things that we can do to create an environment for sharing in our own homes and when we're with our kids? How do we create it or maybe unintentionally we, we keep it from happening, the kind of environment that we want? Um, Deuteronomy 11, and you all have heard this if you've been at Parent U in the past. This is, our, uh, this is what God has tasked us to do, right, with our kids. We call covenant kids. Deuteronomy 11:19 says, You shall teach them to your children, talking about them when you're sitting at your house, when you're walking by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. And so this is a constant. I bring this up all the time because it's always so startling to me how we're, we're to teach these things, which is the law of God. We're, we're trying to see our faith transfer to our kids, right? We're trying the things that are important to you and I. Uh, we're trying to transfer those things to our kids. And the Bible says that the way you do that is you do that when you're sitting at home, when you're walking by the way, when you rise up and when you lie down. They're saying that you do that all the time. You are supposed to be doing this all the time. And so we talk about this in Parent University a lot because we're not with our kids all the time. But this is the first time in history that we haven't been with them like this. Think about it. If you were watching Little House on the Prairie, okay, just take yourself back to that time. And you're going out. If you're a guy, you're going out to work with Pa, right? You're going to go out in the morning and you have to walk way out to the end of the field and you're going to put a fence up all day long. Now, there's a lot of communication time with your dad if you're doing that, right? You are walking maybe a mile out to the edge of your property or two miles. You're working all day long with them. There's no distractions. There's no smartphones. There is nothing, okay, but time to talk. Um, Think of miles in a covered wagon, you know, I mean, maybe in one era. but, But throughout history of the world... At night, you would be in your home lighting a fire, probably, especially in North America, you'd be huddled around the fireplace. That would be the center of life, and it would be dark outside. There's nothing to do. What would you do for hours and hours and hours and hours? You would probably talk. You would read. Uh, they would talk. They'd tell stories. They would do these things. And so that, but it's just natural that there's communication that's taking place. There's communication that is happening. Now, think of your life in contrast with that, okay? So when the Bible was written and they're saying, this is what you're supposed to do, our communication, we're at a huge disadvantage compared to them, right? At a huge disadvantage compared to them because we're not with our kids. We're getting them up, and it's a lot of busyness in the morning. They shoot off to school, Uh, We're picking them up and taking them somewhere in the car. They may or may not have headphones in. We're listening to the radio. We're dropping them off. We're picking them up. Is your homework done? Have you even eaten? You know, how many times you get to, uh, this may be just us, but there are times I get to the end of the day and I'm like, did the children eat anything all day? You know, I'm not even sure. I I don't even remember. So it's easy to do because it's, we're just running, 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 running. And, and we don't have conversations with our kids. Uh, real conversations. 
very often. It's super easy to not do that. Um, I think about, for example, my son Jace. He, um, he gets up, and every morning he started this habit when we, we, we don't get up with him because he, he leaves so early for school. So he gets up. And he watches TV while he gets ready. Now, I would never have done that. First of all, remember the TVs were big boxes that would have been really hard to carry from room to room. But he just pulls up Netflix on his phone, and he goes and brushes his teeth, and he's watching a show. And he's downstairs eating breakfast, and he's watching a show. And he's all by himself, so why wouldn't he do that, right? Well, then what happened is now a lot of us are getting ready at the same time, and I realize he's doing the same thing. He is getting ready, watching TV not interacting with a single person in our household. And I think there's a time when I ask myself the wrong question because I think, I think the question that I've asked myself at times with him doing this is, well, is that an okay show for him to watch? Like, is he harming himself by the show that he's watching, right? We're all up on that stuff. Like, are we, are we keeping an eye on what our kids are watching and what they're taking in? We're up on that. But I don't think I ask myself the question, should he even be watching TV at all, right? That this is actually might be the only time I'm around him all day. And there's natural connections that we have with other family members at that getting ready for school time that could be taking place. If we tell him to turn off the phone... He actually might talk to his sister, okay, or he might talk to me or to his mom a little bit. Now, again, it might not be anything more than logistics. It might just be normal logistics, what's going on today, you know, that kind of talk. But again, there's a lot of talk that needs to take place with our kids, even just the mundane stuff, in order for the real good talks, the the great, the nuggets, the wonderful conversations to happen. You have to have hours and hours of the not wonderful conversations, right, in order for that to take place. And so I have to be more intentional because we have such a little amount of time to pay attention even to these little things and say, hey, wait a second, why don't you turn that off while you're getting ready, interact with your family, and let's be intentional about being together. So because, because of this, when is this supposed to happen? We have this wonderful thing from Proverbs 8. Okay, when is this? And now, O sons, listen to me, right? This is Solomon talking. Oh, now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways, hear my instruction, and be wise. Do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gate, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds, whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself, and all who hate me love death. Okay, is that the way it is at your house? Your kids are just waiting for you. They're waiting by the door, waiting for you to come home so they can listen to your wisdom that you just pour out upon them, right? This is what we want to see happen. But yet, Proverbs, right, are things that are generally true. Is it not true that he who finds, he who fails to find me injures himself? That if our kids fail to listen to us, like if they just dis- disregard everything that we say, they do injure themselves, don't they? We do have things to teach them that are good for them as they grow up and grow into adults. And so we need to find these times. But this verse just talks about hear, listen, you know, listen, 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 hear. And are they listening to us? Do we have that time to communicate with them? Are we interacting? Um, So because we have these shorter windows of communication, how are we being intentional with the time that we have? That's the real question to ask. And that's a good question for you when you're, 
you know, thinking about this is how, how are you being intentional? So the first thing is, are we being proactive instead of reactive? We talked about this a little bit last Sunday night, if you, if you were there. Um, being proactive. How was your day? Just interacting with your kids. What, what are highs and lows? I don't know if you've ever done that at, at dinner time. You know, if you're sitting having dinner, what was the high today? What was the low? If you don't know what to ask, like sometimes if you just say, how is your, what happened today? Nothing. You know, I mean, that, that right? That's... That's what you're going to get. But if you say a high and a low, you're actually giving them something that they can go, oh, wait a second, what was the worst part of my day? Or what was the best part? And it can kind of help them emote something a little more than nothing, you know. Uh, So thinking about being proactive. And this is a time to talk when there's no agenda, okay? It's important that we have times that we're talking to our kids when there is no agenda that we have unstructured. There's no reason. We're not just having this talk because I need you to do something. Okay. And that's hard because if you only talk to your kids when you have an agenda, then they're going to know, oh, dad wants to have breakfast with me. What did I do? Or what's up? Or why does he want to have this talk? Unless sometimes you're having breakfast for no reason at all. Do you see what I'm saying? That's, that is being proactive instead of just reactive. There's plenty of reactive parenting moments that we all have. Reactive moments come whether we we plan them or not, right? You're going to have to react to their life and to situations and arguments and problems, and the reactiveness is going to happen. But if we only pay attention when we're reacting, we lose the right to be heard, okay? If we only pay attention when we're reacting, we lose the right to be heard, and we have communicated with them already that we aren't interested in their life. Do you understand that? If you're not proactively just engaging with them, you are unintentionally telling them you're not interested in what their, what their life is like. And this is a big problem. Uh, this is happening with all of us. And it doesn't mean you don't love your kids and all that, but, but it, we're unintentionally telling them we're not interested in, in what they have to say. I was watching The Breakfast Club this week, uh, with my seventh grade daughter, it's one of the things I do to kind of get her ready for public high school is to say, hey, let's watch this movie and talk about cliques and talk about uh, the way teenagers talk in high school. It's very sexual, the way they talk, the cussing, all these things. She's in the bubble right now, so she doesn't experience that. So that movie is still pretty, pretty relevant to today in a lot of ways, and, so, and it's, it's a fun movie to kind of engage with her on. So I'm watching that with her, and I don't know if you remember the weird girl uh, in the movie The Breakfast Club, but she makes this statement at one point where she said, you know, because all of them are talking about how horrible their parents are and how they don't want to be anything like their parents. I don't know if you remember that from the movie. But she doesn't want to be like them, and, and she thinks they're horrible. Why? Does anybody remember why? The weird girl? That's right. She said, they ignore me. They ignore me. And she was actually, in fact, she shows up at detention because she has nothing better to do that day. And she goes there just because she's bored and that her parents ignore her. So, you know, we can do that if we're not intentionally not doing that, right? We can ignore them. And one of the ways we tell them that we are interested is we employ active listening. Active listening. I don't know if you're aware of this. This is just a way when you're talking with someone, you restate what they said to you in your own words, 
and it takes eye contact as well. You're sitting across from them. They're talking to you, and then you say, oh, so what you're saying is they moved the party to Thursday just so you couldn't come. You know, maybe they've talked to you for a long time, but you're kind of summarizing, you're restating, you're looking at them, you're saying that, you're engaging, and they're realizing, hey, wait a second, mom or dad is actually listening. Now, compare that to this. You're talking to me. Oh, yeah? Really? So, okay. Now, am I listening? I might be. Uh, My wife does that to me a lot when we talk. She's working and doing stuff, and she's on the budget, and I just stop and say, I don't, I don't, you may be listening, but it doesn't feel like it, so we're not having this conversation, Uh, because I want to see the eyes. I want to know that they are really listening, so giving them that full attention is important. Um, What are the environmental factors? Let's just talk practically for a minute and think about what, what are the environmental factors that are happening? Um, What is the environment we want to create? We want to create Safety, care, openness, and warmth. Okay, safety, this is a safe place to talk, care, openness, and warmth. James 1.19 says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. We want to we spend a lot of time listening, and we want to make it safe to share. Uh, don't make them pay for sharing. Don't try to fix them. Okay, this is this is a problem because we are trying to fix them. Right. Generally speaking, we're trying to prepare them to be adults. That is our goal that we're doing. So there are things they need to work on. And we are trying to help them to gain the skill set that they need. So we are trying to fix them. But if that's what we communicate, that doesn't work for us. Uh, If every time you talk to them, you're trying to fix them, they're not going to keep talking to you. And we do this. Think about it for yourself, though. Do you like being someone else's project? If every time you talk to me, I was trying to, to lecture you on doing better about something, you would not want to talk to me. Um, and so we have to think about that. Again, having that time when we're talking when we don't have an agenda. We have to remember the coaching and supporting that we talked about last week, that when you're coaching and supporting your child, you're asking them more questions than you are giving them statements, okay? Because ideally, we want to lead them to discover the answers. We want to teach them to think for themselves. And so if that's what we're doing, we're drawing, trying to lead them to discover self-discovery and to discover the answers to the problems they're facing rather than just telling them. Remember, if we're being directive, we are monologuing. I love that, that statement in uh, The Incredibles, you know, when Mr. Incredible's talking to Frozone, and he's like, they started monologuing. And, you know, the villains are always monologuing and telling about their whole plan. But we do that as parents. I am the worst at that. Okay, Cammy again, will give me the look from across the room when I will start on, on something, and next thing I know, I'm going 10 minutes. I'm just getting warmed up. Okay? And Cammy will give me the look, or she'll just say, he started monologuing. And then I will just... I will stop right then and shut up and be like, okay, you're right. I beat this horse to death. I'm sorry. And I'm very capable of doing that. So here's some questions that you want to ask yourself, though. These are kind of big picture questions that you, as you think, and, and talk about these, um, you know, with a friend or with your, with your spouse or with your kids. Think about this question, all right? Is it, is it okay for my child to fail? 
So think about, again, thinking about the general environment that you're creating. Have you created an environment where it's okay for them to fail? I mean, our kids are under incredible pressure on a regular basis, especially in high school, but in junior high as well. They've got social pressures on them, academic pressures. What is, you know, they think they've got to figure out their whole life by the time they graduate from high school. Uh, all of the things that they're dealing with. And, and so what are they doing with that pressure, and are we creating that environment where it's okay? Uh, we also can't think that history matters you know, that, oh, yes, I've always shown you how much I love you by staying up late with you when you were sick, when you were five. They don't remember that. They're living in the moment. They're living in the now. What have you done for me lately? Right? How are we communicating to them now that it's okay to fail? How are we communicating unconditional love? Because, and that's the other question, is, is our love conditional? If we create an environment where it's not okay to fail, then we're creating an environment with conditional love. And we're, we can be unintentionally doing that. You see how easy this is? Okay, you're my child. I want to fix you because it's my job. If every conversation I have with you is about you doing better and trying harder, and then they feel constantly like they can't do that, then they start to feel like my love for them is conditional. And it's, if I ask any of you, is your love for your kids conditional? Most of you would be like, no, of course not. But are we communicating that it's conditional by the way that we approach them? Um, Are we emotionally enmeshed with our kids and get too invested in what's going on in their lives as well? That can be a problem that we have. Are we depending on the relationship to fill us up and meet our needs? We have to be the grown-ups in the relationship. It's easy if we're saying, they're not giving me what I need, you know, to get mad at them and not want to talk to them or whatever, and yet we have to say, okay, this is going to be hard sometimes. I have to engage and not expect anything from them and, and do that. Um, so let's, again, just getting more practical, where do you talk? How do, what does this look like, this, un- this unagenda time, which your agenda is not to have an agenda, okay? So what does that time look like and how do we do this? One thing that Cammy and I have noticed over the years is don't gang up, okay? One-on-one can be better for this conversation than two. A lot of times, Cammie and I will talk to our kids, and we've realized when, especially if we're dealing with conflict or something we really think should happen, and there's two of us having this conversation, our kids feel like it's, it's, they're being ganged up on. And so you need to think about that. Like, if I see her having an intense conversation with my son or daughter, I will intentionally not get, I will say, well, she's going to have to fill me in later, and I'll, I'll go find something else to do. Because I, if I sit down, now it's two on one. You see what I'm saying? And they can feel like, whoa. And it can actually stifle and shut down communication just like that. So just thinking about that, one-on-one can be a, a better thing. Go Take them to a baseball game. That, that can be, that's just a practical thing. If you, if you can go see a Braves game, I don't even like baseball. But it's boring. But here's the thing. Baseball is boring, and it's a great place to they have amazing food, and you're sitting there talking to your son or daughter because, let's face it, the game's not that interesting, right? So there you go. Football is not that way. Football is very intense, and it's hard to have a good conversation in a football game. I'm just comparing the two. Baseball, to me, is much better for a conversation. Soccer, it just never stops, although it's kind of boring, too. So you've got to figure that out for yourself, but what, what does that look like? You know, where is an environment where you can go, where you can talk? Car time is amazing. 
car time is one of the best times. As Cami and I were talking uh, during the discussion questions, I said, you know, one, one of the things my mom did, she would always take me to my orthodontist appointments in Oak Ridge, and we lived about 45 minutes away, and we, we would spend that time talking in the car because I, I couldn't get away, right? The door, I mean, I was kind of locked in this little metal box going somewhere, but it's not as intense to talk to your kids because you don't have the direct eye contact. You're kind of focused on the road, and, and they're kind of looking outside, and, and that's a great time to talk because uh, there's no, they don't feel, again, so under the microscope. A coffee shop or at home, if this is something that you do, we do something on Saturdays called morning coffee time or, or any time we're all home. We just make coffee and sit around, and mm-hmm. our kids love it, and it's just kind of a time that we have that environment where we can talk. Uh, if you do it at mealtime, maybe you like to go hiking. I mean, these are all just little things that you can do that can help you develop this atmosphere. Uh, I'm not a hiker. I'm indoorsy, so it's, it wouldn't work for me. But these are things that you can do uh, just to have that time where you really have that, that, that time to just let conversation happen. Family game night. Now, that's not a focused one-on-one time, but it's, again, you're just building that relational capital that can be so important. Uh, which we're going to talk about in the, in the coming weeks. Um, so those are just some ideas of how to, have, how to build this time, how to have this unagenda, this no-agenda time where you're talking, where you can just build some positive vibes with your kids um, in order to create that environment for sharing. Um, let me just, I want to wrap up here with a few comments on electronic communication because that's a huge place, right? Uh, Teenagers communicate a lot through their devices, and you can be a part of that or you cannot. Uh, how are you communicating with them electronically? Um, you know, there's texting and social media when your kids are younger. You definitely want to be a presence and monitoring that. There's a lot of dangerous things that they can get into on, in, in those environments. But you, in, as far as communication goes, you want to see how they're communicating with others, and you want to communicate with them. I mean, we have like a family texting group where we... We all communicate, and that can be a great signal. You know, sometimes you find out something happened really bad at school because, you know, my son's on there, oh, I can't believe this happened. And you know, hey, there's, there's going to be a conversation when he gets home. kind of gives me a heads up. We're very playful on our social media and stuff. We do a lot of emojis and bitmojis and GIFs and things like that. So those are things that you can or cannot do. Don't feel pressure, though, to be super hip and up on everything online. You don't have to do that. They, just trying a little bit can help you in that environment uh, to be there and to interact with them. But I do want to say this. Be unavailable sometimes. We talked about this a little bit last Sunday night. If your kids are going to have agency, you want them to make decisions on their own. Don't, because of this, and, and I, I referred to it, but I didn't go into it last, last week, is some authors have said that the telephone is the longest umbilical cord in the world because your kids always have access to you, and they can always contact you. And they will, and they do, right? If they need something, they're going to call you, or they can. And what you can do unintentionally is never let them make a decision, or you can stunt their growth as they are navigating the world, which is what they're supposed to learn to do, if you tell them how to do it all the time. So sometimes when they call and, and they've got a problem, the right answer for us is, yeah, you need to figure that out. Well, mom, what am I supposed to do in this situation? Yeah, it's great. It's a great problem. You know, maybe you can ask them some probing questions and, again, lead them to the right decision. 
Or you can say, hey, this is just not a time, I can't talk right now. It's okay to be unavailable sometimes and let them figure it out. Um, I, I was thinking about this, I've used this illustration before, but when I was younger, I remember I was downtown in my hometown and there was a bully I saw coming. I was at the five and dime, think of how old I am. Uh, and buying some candy with a buddy of mine, I was probably 12 years old, and this guy was crossing the street, and I was like, that guy, I know he would, you know, he's going to shake us down, or he's going to, you know, beat us up, or something. It, he was just mean, mean kid. Well, think of, if I'd had a cell phone back then, how would I have handled that situation? I would probably would have gone to the back of the store, I would have called my parents, I would have said, hey, that bully's coming around, can somebody come pick me up? But as it was, guess what I had to do? I had to face him. I had to walk out there. I had to interact with him. I had to get past him to get where I was going. I had to develop life skills in how to interact with another human being in an uncomfortable situation. See, we can unintentionally sidetrack our kids' development by the way if we constantly bail them out of decisions. Okay? So again, getting them to think for themselves and have agency is a huge part of what we're trying to accomplish as well. So I just want to remind you of that. Cami's going to come up now and share a little bit. Excuse me. Okay, so he had those questions up there. And I just, you know, part of what I always like to do is come in and go, Jeff does great teaching, and when he's up here and he's teaching, I'm like, yes, yes, I wish it looked like that at our house. (laughs) And it doesn't. And so I was like, is it okay for my kids to fail? No. I'm just being honest. No, I want them to succeed. I want them to be perfect in every way. Is our love conditional? Yes, my teenagers show me how conditional my love is because they don't meet the conditions of my love. I'm just being honest. Like when my kids were little, they were cute at least. And so when they threw a tantrum, I was like, oh, they're cute. When my teenagers throw tantrums, not so cute. And it offends me. And then I like see how unconditional my love is. And who is it about? It's about me. (laughs) Everything's about me. And so it's (sighs) recognizing that those are all the wrong answers, but they're honestly sometimes how I would answer those questions. So if you're struggling with that, you're not alone. Um, Last week I was talking to parents, and I was struck by the fact that we all love our kids. (laughs) And I would love to see how many of you really think parenting teens is easy. Just raise your hand. Go ahead. No, nobody. Nobody thinks it's easy. And it's more than just the struggle to turn them into independent adults, right? Like, it's the season of life we're in, too. Our jobs have wrapped up. The the pace of our life is too busy. We're isolated because we're in the car running to and from, right? And let's not even talk about our own crazy hormones. It can make you crazy. And so... Um, the struggle is real. We struggle to rest, we struggle to recharge, and we struggle to connect. And then God gives us teenagers who are developmentally in their own intense season of struggle. Um, And instead of authentically connecting with them in that struggle, I will admit that it's easy for me to objectify my kids. Um, I can see them as obstacles in the in um, obstacles standing in the way of my rest. I can see them as spoiled, rotten brats who are blind to my sacrifices. Or I can see them as rebels questioning my authority. 
And instead of creating an environment of sharing, I can make an environment of tension or avoidance. That's just the reality. Um, This week I was reading, I'm reading the book of Matthew, and I was reading the story of the paralytic. Do you guys know that? Where he, his friends carry him to Jesus. And it, I was struck by the fact in the story as I was reading it that here's this guy who has no ability to walk. He can't take care of himself. You know, he's utterly helpless. And I would imagine back in ancient times, that was pretty much a death sentence. You know, you couldn't take care of yourself. But here are these friends. And, you know, not one person could carry this guy to Jesus, right? So it took more than one. And they each grab a side of his mat is the way I envision it in my head, and they carry him. And it's like they're believing something he probably would have struggled to believe for himself. You know, they're, they're holding up hope in a hopeless situation. And as I was thinking about that this morning, I would just realized how much we need each other. Like, I don't know if you're in a hopeless season, if you're feeling kind of powerless with your teen, but I have lots of friends that are, their kids are in rebellion or they're dabbling in things they ought not. And it can be a very hopeless and isolating season. And so we need to know that we need each other. And, and I don't know about you guys. Jeff and I have talked about it so often. It's so hard to connect with others um, in this season of life because it's just so busy. Um, but we need to recognize that we need each other and one of the strategies of the enemy is to keep us feeling alone and in darkness. So, but what we want to do with each other is bring the light of Christ into that dark place. And so maybe you are in a season where you have strength to carry another's mat. Or you might feel like you're the hopeless paralytic. Um, we want Parent you to be a safe place. We want this to be a community where you can share, and that's why we start off with the questions and we're encouraging to interact with each other. But the other thing about Parent You that we really want is we want it to be a place of prayer, and we want to be praying for each other. And so we want to end today kind of with just some time of prayer around the table. And there's no pressure to share anything. You know, you don't have to open your chest and share your deep, dark secrets if you don't want to. But, but just like, Praying for each other as parents, acknowledging this is a hard season, and it's a sanctifying season, and and encouraging one another to keep our eyes on Jesus can be a challenge. You know, it can be a challenge in our marriage. It can be a challenge in our community. So we want to end today just by doing that. So I'm going to encourage you to kind of just share real quickly uh, maybe one thing you want to pray for each other, and then just spend a few minutes praying, or you can go straight to prayer because you know, if, if that's the way you want to do it at your table. But spend the last few minutes praying, and um, do we have any, and then they're dismissed, no, no announcements for next week? Okay, we are meeting back here for the next two weeks. So we'll be here next Sunday and the Sunday after. So just spend some time. Do you have any, any questions? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Sure. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah, Sure. Um, parent you, we meet twice, we meet four times in the fall and four times in the spring usually. 
Um, and it is basically just a community of parents who have teens. Your oldest could be a teen or your youngest could be a teen. Um, and we just kind of come, and Jeff, who's the pastor of Student Families, does some teaching, and it's an opportunity to connect with others. So it only happens um, four times in the fall and four times in the spring, usually in consecutive weeks. Right now is the pattern that we've been doing it. Watershed is the high school ministry, and that includes discipleship and um, breakfast clubs, and, and Watershed has a teaching time on Sunday night as well. And J High is the junior high ministry. So that's it in a nutshell that I... Just spend a few minutes praying around your tables, okay? Thanks so much.